and welcome back to the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm Andy Viano. On this week's show, I'll be joined by my terrific colleague Tristan Scott to talk about Glacier National Park and his cover story in this week's Beacon, Under Pressure. There have been massive crowds in Glacier Park this summer, which is nothing new. But of course, this is no typical summer. Tristan lays out in his piece how the park is adapting to managing their land during the coronavirus pandemic and what the future may hold. And we'll talk more about that and other subjects in just a couple minutes. Then stay tuned later for a rundown of the biggest news stories from the last seven days, including a breakdown of the state's still surging coronavirus epidemic and news of one of the first significant wildfires this season in northwest Montana. And remember, this show, plus all of the work we do at the Flathead Beacon, is made possible in part by members of our Editors Club. The Beacon is free to read, but of course not free to make, so we ask those readers who are able to spare a few bucks to chip in at beaconeditorsclub.com for as little as $5 per month. Membership in the Editors Club comes with bonus perks, too, like a free Glacier National Park print designed by our in-house artists, and, we hope sometime in the not-too-distant future, invitations to exclusive events with members of the Beacon staff, like the Flathead Lake dinner cruise we all took back before this pandemic began. Okay, it's time now to turn to this week's Flathead Beacon and the cover story Under Pressure, written by Tristan Scott. Hope you enjoy our conversation, and remember to stick around for the latest news you need to know later in this episode. And joined now by our assistant managing editor, Tristan Scott, to talk about this week's Flathead Beacon cover story, Under Pressure. Tristan, thank you for uh, making a little time to talk. Thanks, Andy. So the story is about what's going on in Glacier National Park, and obviously a, a major focal point in northwest Montana, a driver of, of so many different parts of, of life here. And before we dig into what's going on in, in this sort of most unusual of years, what, just to, to give our listeners a little context, what's summer typically like in Glacier Park? Well, as you said, Glacier is a, a major draw in the Flathead Valley for, for tourism. And while Glacier is never actually closed, it's open year round, because it's one access point that offers a thoroughfare from its west entrance to its east side is under snow a good chunk of the year uh, it takes time to, to to dig that out there's a really abbreviated summer known as the busy season and that's from late june through august and ending around labor day when there's really a crush of traffic of visitors from all over the world who want to see glacier national park and drive this narrow two-lane corridor that tracks up and over the continental divide along cliffy vistas and you know it's it's sort of a, a white knuckling drive at times and during those two and a half months there's a pretty steady stream of traffic from dawn until dark uh, every day and that's a good bellwether for how the tourism industry is doing in the Flathead Valley which is why there are so many business interests who are always keeping an eye on when that that sun road the going to the sun road is going to open to Logan Pass and then on uh, to the east side. So Glacier is definitely an indicator of how busy things are in the Flathead and often how businesses are faring economically. Well, then to, to go right from there, what is different this year? 
Well, so as you can imagine, things are unusual in all national parks. But what makes things really unusual in Glacier is that it does have its main attraction, the going to the Sun Road, offers a point-to-point drive for visitors who can enter either on the west or from the east and, and drive across, as I said, the high point at the Continental Divide. However, it shares its eastern boundary with the Blackfeet Nation. And you know, the Blackfeet have uh, an acre, uh, a reservation, rather, that's a million and a half acres inside in size that abuts right up against Glacier's eastern boundary. Now, all of Glacier National Park before it became a park in 1910 was Blackfeet country. And so through a questionable land agreement in 1895, they ceded that land to the U.S. government, but they still maintain rights to those access points along the eastern boundary. Now, the Blackfeet had kept their reservation pretty buttoned up through the spring due to COVID. They have a different uh, cultural system where, you know, generations, multiple generations of family members live together. And the most vulnerable population, their elders, are the keepers of the culture. And so uh, they really wanted to, to move forward with some of the most stringent measures that we saw in the state. Now, that meant that those eastern access points to Glacier were closed to non-essential travel. And I think everybody, including Glacier's park administrators, thought that at some point, once Montana began its phased reopening, that the Blackfeet would lift those restrictions and allow travel through the reservation and into Glacier Park. Well, as the second wave started rolling through the state, the Blackfeet said, nope, we're going to maintain these closures through the end of tourism season, so at least through the end of August, which sent Glacier's managers scrambling to figure out how they're going to manage you know, upwards of a couple million visitors through one major entrance on the west side turn them around before they hit those Blackfeet lands and figure out how to maintain some sort of flow. So it really put uh, Glacier's administrators in a tough position. However, they were very respectful of the Blackfeet's decision, and I hope that doesn't get lost in this conversation because the, the park and the Blackfeet, although they, their relationship was at times, as you can imagine, acrimonious, has really uh, smoothed through the years, and that's due to a lot of hard work, both on behalf of the tribes and the park, to build those relationships. So saying that, then, was there consultation with the park, as far as you know, before that decision was made? I know that's not the, the reason, that's not the main concern of the Blackfeet, is what happens to Glacier National Park, but were officials there at least aware that maybe this was coming? I know that the the Glacier Park officials at the highest levels, including Superintendent Jeff Mao, maintain regular communication with the tribe. That said, uh, I do think their announcement that they that they weren't going to open the eastern roads, um, which they made, as I recall, shortly after the July Fourth holiday, caught park administrators a little flat-footed. Um, so they probably weren't consulted. But that said, it was a, you know, it was a democratic process by the Blackfeet. Their tribal council voted on it. And, um, and so there wasn't really anything to announce until there was. So then what have officials at Glacier Park done now since, you say, right after July 4th? It's been, what, four weeks now that they've uh, been adapting to this reality this year? 
what are the the changes that they've made? What have they done to try and uh, give people the best possible experience in the park with, as you mentioned, half of uh, of going to the Sun Road closed? Right. And when they were making, throughout this decision-making process, of course, the Sun Road, as I said, it takes a while to, to get that thing plowed and dug out from a winter's worth of snow, as well as to do other, you know, maintenance and infrastructure, like put in guardrails. Most of that road tracks along a pretty precipitous drop. So that was all happening, building up to a projected opening date sometime after the July 4th holiday when the Blackfeet made their decision. So the park did have a little bit of time, but at the same time, the road was open uh, about 10 miles to Lake McDonald Lodge initially and then a few miles further to Avalanche Creek. So just a small portion of that western side of the Sun Road was open and still getting hammered with pressure because as we've seen during this age of uh, the novel coronavirus, people are, uh, were under lockdown and once those restrictions started to ease, they really wanted to get outside and the outdoor recreation has really become a hot spot for people to go enjoy themselves, take their families, but also, also social distance. So Glacier uh, was already dealing with unprecedented congestion in this, you know, very, very limited corridor. When they did open the Sun Road, they allowed traffic to go past Logan Pass further east to a turnaround point at Rising Sun, um, which is, is it wasn't an ideal turnaround point, but it has proved sufficient. There hasn't been, you know, real, real egregious examples of clogging or traffic jams, but there is that turnaround point. So for the first time in the history of the park, Glacier is managing it as a one-way-in, one-way-out access to motorized traffic. Glacier Park officials earlier this summer discussed a more radical change to how they were going to be able to, to manage traffic on going to the Sun Road. Can you explain what that uh, what that thought was and and I guess why ultimately park officials decided not to do that yeah so the 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 department of interior which oversees the national park service and all of its units including glacier national park said given you know covid-19 uh each park has a little bit of flexibility to implement these emergency procedures and so and it, you know the idea being offer park administrators a couple of additional tools to help manage this this unprecedented degree of stress uh, given the public health crisis. And so Glacier started to explore those. And one thing that they settled on was the idea of a permitted entry system, which would essentially require visitors to book a reservation to get into the park. Um, now, what, what that would do is allow some percentage of the park's capacity, basically based on its parking spaces and the number of cars that it typically admits through the west entrance per day. Um, it would allow a percentage of that, and then it would give a degree of certainty that those visitors who do have reservations will at least be able to access the, the hot spots at Logan Pass and, and Avalanche, and it would ease congestion a, a little bit. It, it did get what uh, Superintendent Mao called a tepid reception from the business community. Not so much, I think, because they had a sense that it would hurt their bottom line, but because it was just asking so much of visitors so soon after, um, after you know, months of, of really having to adjust everyone's lives to 
pandemic circumstances. So they opted not to do that. But it was an interesting conversation with community members and other stakeholders about what the future of Glacier looks like as we can anticipate visitation continuing to rise and the park is just not getting any bigger. Yeah, maybe that's a good place to to then get to a, a sort of final conversation. You know, this this isn't, as you say, a new issue with congestion in the park. It's different this year, but the park has been trying to manage its crowds for several years. As, as you say, they've, they've ticked up to unprecedented levels. Are there things that officials think they they will be able to learn or take away from this year or, or how is this year going to inform um whatever changes or or policies get put in place in the future as as the glacier park continues to try and manage the the crowds who come there every summer well i think it will give them a really good opportunity to scrutinize what's happening on the west side um which is it you know typically sees a lot of pressure anyways, but with all of the pressure focused on that, that Western corridor, they're really going to be looking at the numbers there and looking at, at how people, um, people respond, especially in those, those hot spots. As you said, since 2013, the park's been working on a going to the Sun Road corridor management plan. And throughout even that planning period, visitation continued to increase at a rate beyond what the, the plan had envisioned. And ultimately what that plan opted for was an alternative that called for a sort of an adaptive strategy that look looks a lot like what the park is doing right now. You're responding to a dynamic situation, fluctuating visitation, and having these additional tools to respond to that, including the proposal of a ticketed entry system. Now, even if the park had moved forward with a reservation system, that doesn't mean that next year they would be able to implement the same thing. They would have to go through an environmental analysis as required by federal law. But it certainly would have been an interesting test case to roll it out for six weeks to two months this summer just to see how people responded. It would have given us uh, some, some, uh, some baseline figures um, and experiences that we won't otherwise have. Well, like you said off the top, it's a, it's a big part of life here in, in the Flathead Valley in Glacier National Park. And I uh, uh, appreciate the work you did in shining some light on, uh, on what's going on there in, in this most unusual summer. So thank you and, uh, and thanks for the time today. Sure. Thanks, Andy. To learn more about Glacier National Park's summer unlike any other, check out Under Pressure at flatheadbeacon.com or in this week's Beacon, available free throughout Northwest Montana. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last week as of Tuesday, July 28th at 4 p.m. Montana's outbreak of COVID-19 continues to grow even after Governor Steve Bullock ordered face coverings be worn in public throughout the state back on July 15th. Montana set a grim new record on July 24th when 216 new cases of coronavirus were confirmed on a single day and the state went over 50 deaths from the virus with the announcement that five more people had died from COVID-19 on Tuesday, bringing the statewide total to 51. Coronavirus cases are also surging in Flathead County, which now has 78 active cases out of the more than 200 total here since the outbreak began in March. Nearly 500 people are currently being monitored for the virus in Flathead County, 
meaning they are either known to be infected or to have had contact with an infected person. There are another 59 active COVID-19 cases in Lake County and 18 in Lincoln County. Employees at the Flathead City County Health Department, meanwhile, believe they are keeping up with contact tracing, according to Health Officer Tamalee St. James Robinson. She told the Beacon that investigations are being completed the same day a positive test result comes back and that her office has added enough temporary workers to keep up with new cases seven days a week. The department is contacting any person who is known to have come within six feet of an infected patient for at least 15 minutes, and those contacts are being told to quarantine for two weeks while they are tested regularly for COVID-19. That testing, meanwhile, is backlogged in Montana, and tests done on asymptomatic patients are taking as long as two weeks to bring back results, and even tests of patients with symptoms can take between two and seven days. In response, the governor announced last week that the state is partnering with Montana State University and a private North Carolina lab in an effort to expedite test results. In other news, the first significant wildfire in northwest Montana in 2020 is burning in steep, rocky terrain on the southern end of the Flathead Indian Reservation near the town of Dixon. The Magpie Rock Fire was burning between 250 and 300 acres as of Tuesday morning and was 0% contained, prompting 139 personnel to respond, including smoke jumpers. Western Montana is expected to experience temperatures in the high 80s and 90s this week, news that comes as officials bump the fire danger rating to high in Flathead County, the Flathead National Forest, Glacier National Park, and a handful of other areas. Officials have been warning since this winter that the 2020 fire season could be a particularly dangerous one. Glacier National Park officials are also investigating a series of recent fires, although the eight separate starts in the North Fork area are believed to have been the result of arson. The fires, which were reported in the early morning hours of July 23rd, were quickly contained, but one fire destroyed the historic Ford Creek cabin, which had stood since 1928. On Tuesday, the North Fork Landowners Association offered a reward of up to $10,000 for information on the fires, which officials say may also be connected to a suspicious fire in Columbia Falls and another near Mariah's Pass on the night of July 22nd. Anyone who saw anything suspicious is urged to contact Flathead Crime Stoppers at 406 752 8477 or Glacier Parks tip line at 406-888-7077. That's all for this week, but remember you can read more about these stories and get all the latest news and information from throughout Northwest Montana at flatheadbeacon.com, where all of our content is free. We'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. Until then, thanks for listening.